Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve and Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve and Rob are a dynamic father and son duo who are helping to transform lives and businesses around the world. Rob is a top-rated global speaker and trainer, best-selling author, former F-16 pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, father of four, and CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Steve is a number one national best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, having started 11 businesses in three different industries, and a highly sought-after keynote speaker. He is the father of six children and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Steve and Rob Schallenberger. We welcome our Becoming Your Best listeners to another BYB Leadership Podcast Series. And this is going to be a great subject today, and it is Lead with a Vision. And we're particularly going to focus on the transformational aspects of a vision and how it applies not only organizationally, but in our relationships and also in our personal lives. So we're going to start off by giving the time to Rob. So happy to have Rob, the CEO, becoming your best with us today. Uh, you know him well. He's a former F-16 pilot, uh, graduate of MBA school at Colorado State University, and father of four wonderful children, and has a great wife. Rob, good to have you here today. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And I'm excited to talk about this because this is one of the game changers. One of the things that we've seen as we researched peak performers and what set them apart, as we identified sales reps who were just killing it, what was different about them? One of the things that we saw over and over is that the peak performers, the most successful organizations, had leaders who would lead with a clear vision. Now, when I say a vision, I'm talking about an inspiring statement, something that provides a purpose. It's like a destination. Here's what a vision is not. A vision is not a goal. Think about it this way. In the fighter pilot community, if I was to take off with a great plan, I was going to go to 30,000 feet, fly at 500 knots, and I'm going to fly for an hour and a half. If I don't know where I'm going, where am I going to end up? <laughs> a vision is like the destination. And once we have our destination, then we can develop a plan to accomplish it. So think about it this way. Like my dad mentioned, there are two types of visions. There's one that's an organization type vision that could apply to a family, a team, or an entire company. There's another aspect to that that is a personal vision. So let me just focus briefly on the first one, which is a team or an organizational vision, which could certainly include a family. So imagine that all of your employees are like a bunch of arrows on a screen. Now, if those arrows are pointing different directions and there's no vision, they're just left to do what they think is best. In other words, there's no leadership in the absence of supervision when there's not a clear defining vision. So these arrows are all pointing different directions. And despite their best efforts, they probably aren't going to be working in unison together. Now imagine that these arrows shift and that they're all aligned pointing the same direction. When a leader steps up with a clear vision, a clear destination, that's what happens is it aligns the arrows, it aligns our resources. And now when we move as a team or an organization, there's energy, there's a purpose, and there's excitement behind it. And this is one of the things that we see that sets apart the best of the best. I mean, imagine right now if you're a coach or if you're a team leader, a manager, what is the vision for your team? If I was to sit down with your team members like we did with the company recently and have each one of them 
write down the two or three most important areas of focus right now? Would they give me the same answer or would they give us different answers? And that's the power of a vision and when the leader steps up and aligns employees and gives them something that provides leadership in the absence of supervision so that when you're not around, they know what the most important thing to focus on is. So let me just use an example of that. Southwest Airlines, their vision is, is this. I'm just going to read it word for word, their vision. We operate with a warrior spirit, a servant's heart, and a fun, loving attitude. Now, if you've flown on Southwest Airlines, you know that that drives a culture. Now, we're going to have either a culture by default or a culture by design. If we're going to have a culture by design, then it requires us to step up and do the things that create a culture by design. In the Southwest case, they have a clear vision. It's one of the only airlines where we've seen a captain out helping load bags to have an online, on-time departure. When you walk down the jet ramp or the jetway, you'll see the pictures up on the wall. They're all about fun-loving attitudes, a servant's heart, a warrior spirit. <laughs> and if you've flown Southwest, you've probably heard the jokes that they tell. You know, like one that we heard recently when a lady stood up and said, Hey, we'd like to wish a person a happy birthday on this flight. They're turning 95 today. So when you step off the plane, shake the captain's hand and wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> well, that's a fun-loving attitude and, and heart. And what happened is they just had a merger with AirTran. And this has been a difficult merger. You're merging two separate cultures here. One that had a clear vision and one that arguably did not have a clear vision before. And this has been a fairly tough merger. That's the power, though, of having a clear vision and aligning our resources and people. Now, before I turn it back over to my dad, he's going to share with you a story about President Kagame. I want to share with you one other aspect of leadership and how it applies to having a vision for a team. And that is that it helps us shift the playing field. So as leaders, one of the things that we would invite you to do is every single time you hold a meeting, start the meeting with the vision. How many times is there a problem? Like, you know what, we've been, we've been seeing our sales decline for the last three quarters. All right, let's have a meeting and figure out why our sales are declining. Guys, why are our sales declining? And we start the meeting on that note. And what's wrong with doing that? What kind of energy exists around the problem? It's a negative energy, isn't it? It's not a place to start. It's not a place where there's solutions. So when we as a leader step up and say, here's the vision, and then we go to work on the problem, it puts it in context of what we're really all about and what purpose we're trying to accomplish. So maybe Dad, you could share with them the story of our trip to Rwanda and what happened with President Kagame and the influence of his vision. Well, thank you, Rob, and great job at introducing this. Uh, and just before I talk about President Kagame, I'd like to talk about some of the aspects, attributes that really creates a compelling, inspiring vision. We ought to be thinking as leaders, and this is one of the primary things that we do as leaders and that I've noticed throughout the world, that those top organizations, uh, those top individuals have a clear vision. They're able to, to articulate that vision. So what are some of the attributes? First of all, an inspiring vision for an organization is one where people are able to participate in the creation of it, the culture, the power of it. And so this is shared leadership at its best, where people are invited, the employees, the leaders, the executives, key stakeholders, to give their ideas. And then this vision takes shape and really represents a number of things. Some of those attributes would be, it should be positive and meaningful. It should provide direction uh, and certainly inspiring to all. One of the attributes that we frequently see is that 
the vision, most compelling ones, are clear and simple and easy to remember and come from the heart and soul. And we find that leaders clearly and continually communicate what this vision is, what it represents, and it produces a purpose and a passion within people. Now, I'd like to give a couple of examples. Rob mentioned Paul Kagame. He is the current president of Rwanda. And most of you may be aware of the terrible tragedy that took place in that country just 20 years ago as they experienced a terrible genocide where over 1.1 million of their fellow countrymen were slaughtered, killed within a period of 100 days by their fellow neighbors, people of the opposite party, people that saw things differently and thought that the only solution was to exterminate those who thought differently. Well, Paul Kagame led the rebel group that came in and stopped this genocide. And eventually he became president. Now, if you're the leader of that country, what are you going to do? How do you ever help this country mend and heal and get back on its feet and find a future? What decisions would you make? Well, Paul Gagami, together with others, decided to set an inspiring vision that would absolutely rock this country and bring it back together with an enormous glue that has been so powerful. And the vision was twofold. One is we will have a robust middle class, successful citizens, citizens in our country by the year 2020. And number two, we do it all together. We're all Rwandans. There are no Tutsis or Hutus. And so this inspired a country. As we visited last year, wherever we went, we asked people about this vision. And what's the result? It's one of the safest countries anywhere in Africa. You can walk anywhere virtually anytime and feel safe. There's an energy, a positive spirit all over the country. And they are engaged in this. How do they bring their country up? And they have a reverence for life as they reflect upon their history. And one of the results is Rwanda right now is one of the second fastest growing economy in all of Africa. So it's working. This is what leaders do. Now, I'd like to give a couple of examples. And as you think about these examples, one of the things I've noticed is these companies that they represent are among the very best at, at what they do. And that's one of the things that we see. So Rob mentioned one of them. Here's another one. Uh, Synergy companies. Uh, they got their board of directors together some years ago as they got everybody's feedback. And they came up with this simple vision. We treat people right. And this affects everybody that they deal with. Customers, clients, employees, each other, customer problems. Uh, how about this one? I love this one. Ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. One of the most successful hotel chains in the world, the Ritz. Or how about this one? Uh, to help supply all of the people of the earth with clean water within the next 10 years. How's that for a compelling vision? That came from the president of Coca-Cola while I was sitting there in that meeting in Istanbul. Imagine the power that this can have as it directs his people along with their other inspiring goals. Or how about this one? Help people to save money so that they can live better. 
This came from the heart and the key executives of Walmart from Sam Walton himself as lifting the standard of living for people all over. Well, you can see the type of impact that these have. Not long ago in a breakthrough leadership retreat that we held in the mountains of Park City for two days, we have a wonderful experience as we go over each of the principles of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. And we are going over one of those principles and the CEO of a trucking logistics company was there. And when he left, he had started laying the foundation for a new vision for their company. He went back and he shared it with the employees. And it ended up being this. They have it on their walls all over. We operate with a caring heart, a playful spirit, and a smoking hot service. <laughs> this focused uh, their associates. And within a short period of time, meaning six months, they became the top leading group in the United States for their work. Well, these are examples of the power of a vision. And this is what can happen organizationally. It's one of our responsibilities. We were doing a training for a large shipbuilding company in Mauritius, 2,000 miles off the east coast of Africa. And this is a great nation, Mauritius, uh, one of the most successful countries anywhere in the world. And the company that as we visited with them in our training, at the end, the CEO came up. He said, I'll tell you one of the things that I got today, one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and be sure that our vision is meaningful, inspirational, and clear, and I'm going to share it with the whole organization. So Rob's wonderful description of a culture by default or design is right on. So let me turn it back over to Rob. And he's going to talk about vision in maybe a different aspect. Yeah, and you know, just before I shift over to there, one, one way to figure out whether there is a clear vision in your organization, whether it's a football team, whether it's a basketball team, whether it's a small company, a branch, you know, or a uh, thousand-person organization, is to go ask a few people what your vision is. <laughs> See if they know it. Ask what drives the company. If it burns deep in their heart, if they can tell you, then you've got a passionate and clear vision that inspires them. If not, maybe you can consider reworking your vision so that there is a clear vision. And if you want additional ideas, you can certainly get those from our book, Becoming Your Best. There's about seven or eight pages that can help you craft a vision for your team. But let's shift gears away from that. Wouldn't you all agree that it's important to have a clear vision for our team? Well, after what we just talked about, I would imagine that all of us can agree on that. Well, if it's important for a team or for a company, why wouldn't it be important for us personally and us as a family? Think about that. And in our seminars, it's interesting. I'll ask people, how many people have a clearly written personal vision? And usually somewhere between 1% to 3% will raise their hand. It's the same when I ask about a family vision. So if that's the case, if it's important for a team, then what is it that you want out of life? What is it that you want to accomplish? And that's what we start to think about when we come up with a personal vision. Before we can develop goals and a plan, my question is, for what end? For what purpose? And so what we'd like to do right now is to help you develop a personal vision that's inspiring, that gets you fired up to get out of bed in the morning, and that will carry you through any challenge, really, through the rest of your life. And so I'm going to give you three questions. And if you're in a place where you can write these down, I invite you to actually write did you know that by simply writing, it will unlock a portion of the brain that otherwise stays dormant? 
And so I invite you to actually write, not just think about these answers, but put pen to paper and come up with some answers. And so here are the three questions. If you're in a place where you can write, go ahead and write these down. Question number one. And by the way, these are just to get the creative juices flowing. These are simply to get our minds in the right place before we craft our personal vision. So here you go. Here's the three questions. Where would you like to be and what would you like to have accomplished in 10 or 20 years from now? Whether you're 14 years old or 44 or 64, it doesn't matter. Where would you like to be and what would you like to have accomplished in 10 or 20 years from now? Question number two. Think of a mentor or a person who's had a significant influence for good in your life. What are some of their traits or characteristics that you admire? And don't stop on this answer when you just have one or two words that come to mind. Go a little deeper on this one. Think of a mentor or a person who's had a significant influence for good in your life. And what are some of their traits or characteristics that you admire? And question number three is this. In 50 years from today, whether you're alive or not doesn't matter. In 50 years from today, how do you hope others will describe and think of you? Ashley was this. Or John, he was, you know, what would you like them to say about you in 50 years from today? So answer those three questions. Take two or three minutes per question. Just write whatever thoughts come to your mind. And this gets the mind in the right place to craft a personal vision. Now, a place that you can do this that can help, if you've not already downloaded the Life Organizer app, it's available on Android and iOS. I invite you to go get that app. There's a 30-day free trial to make sure you like it. And then it's just $9.99 a year. It's a place where you can keep your personal vision in front of you. You can keep your annual goals there. It has a calendar to do, place where you can keep notes. So it's really an all-in-one Life Organizer app. And that's a place that you can write your personal vision now that you're ready to write it. If you don't want the app and you want to just keep it in front of you, great. Write it on a piece of paper. But whatever you do, don't let this get stuck in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> this should be something that is in front of us that's inspiring and really gives you a purpose. So now that you have those three questions answered, let me ask you to write your personal vision. I would suggest using I am statements. In other words, we're creating the mental reality prior to the physical reality. It can be one or two sentences. It can be three or four paragraphs when we're talking about your personal vision. This is totally separate than a team or company vision. You're the only one that has to buy into your personal vision. So this is all about you and what is it that you want out of life? You know, what is your purpose? Big picture objective. Now I'm going to read to you my personal vision word for word. This may not be right for you, but this is my personal vision. As an example, it's four short sentences. Here it goes. I am a person of deep character. I am patient, kind, and caring towards others. I am a great listener who seeks to understand before sharing my thoughts. I am financially independent with multiple passive streams of income, and I use our resources to help others and make the world a better place. My kids and family will have fun memories of adventure, service, and time together. I am a mentor, and I am responsible for teaching my children what balance and success looks like. And then I finish my personal vision with this. God and family are the central focus of my life. I constantly seek his counsel and guidance. My greatest hope is to return to his presence with my family. Now, my question is this. Do you think that guides me? Well, for me, it does. It gives me a direction and a focus so that I can develop plans and goals to make that vision a reality. Now, for anyone who thinks that this may not be a factor for them or if they have uh, teenage children, I invite you to have your kids come up with a personal vision. Even at age 12 or 13, have them start thinking about this. And I've had people say, you know what? You're wasting your time talking with youth about a vision. <laughs> and that gets me fired up when people say that. 
because I wholeheartedly disagree. Let me share with you a personal story. I spoke at a high school about a year ago. I gave them a copy of my book, How to Succeed in High School. There was probably 1,400 people in the room, and that was like a shark tank, by the way. (laughs) But afterwards, about a day or two later, a mother called me and asked if I wouldn't mind coaching her son. And I said, well, typically we don't do that. We focus on executive coaching and and corporate training and those types of things. But in this case, tell me about your son and, and we'll take a look. And so this is the story she told. She said, you know what? And I'll call him John. John worked as a counselor at a Boy Scout camp about two hours away from their home. And maybe two to three months prior to this, this storm came along and this freak bolt of lightning came down and struck his best friend and killed him instantly while he was watching. Now you can imagine that would probably devastate almost all of us, wouldn't it? Well, his dad decided to go pick him up and he was 15 years old and he had his learner's permit. So as his dad drove up there to meet him, he thought, you know, I'll just let my son drive and this will be a good chance for me to help him, you know, learn how to drive in the mountains. And so he let John get in the driver's seat and as they were driving down the mountain, he got a little bit too close to the left side of the road where there was some loose gravel. That loose gravel grabbed the front left tire and pulled the truck over the edge and it rolled about 150 yards down the hill. When that truck came to a stop, John looked over and there was his dad in the seat next to him, dead. Now, can you imagine that? Losing your best friend and your father within almost 24 hours of each other? So man, as soon as she told me this story, we said, absolutely, bring your son over. We would love to meet with you. So she brought her son over and we talked with him about some different success principles and what he could do to use those in his life. And then we came to this principle of leading with a vision. And not surprisingly, he didn't have a personal vision there. He kind of felt lost. He felt without hope. He didn't know where he was going in his life. He lost his mentor at age 15. And so we asked him those same three questions that I just asked you. And then we had him craft his personal vision. And it took him maybe about 10 to 15 minutes to come up with a draft. And I asked if he wouldn't mind reading it so that his mom could hear as she was sitting next to him. And these were some of the things that he said in his words. He said, I am a person of character. I can still be a man and make a difference in this world. I am a person of hope. And it went on. And as he's reading these types of words, I looked over and there was his mom and she had tears streaming down her cheeks. And she said, I haven't heard him say anything like this since the accident. Now, do you think John's going to be free from challenges this point, from this point forward? No, of course not. He's going to have a bunch of challenges. But now he has a vision that can carry him through those. He has a starting point that can give him hope and excitement for the rest of life that he can make a difference. And so for anyone who says, you know what, doesn't work on teenagers or youth or whoever else, this can work for anyone. And we invite everyone listening to this podcast to come up with a clear, inspiring personal vision. This is your why. This is what you want out of life. So with that being said, uh, there are a few other tips and tools that you can use if you haven't downloaded the book or ordered it from Amazon, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders, it will walk you through the process of developing a personal vision and how to do this in chapter two. So dad, why don't you maybe wrap it up and share any last thoughts that you have about this that would be beneficial for them. Another example of the impact of vision on both behavior and world-class leadership was illustrated by an experience that was shared by Rex Tillerson the current chairman and CEO of ExxonMobil. Basically, he shared a speech, and in that speech, he discussed his company's vision. Uh, And here's what he said about it. It is called our standards of business. 
And this vision essentially states every employee is personally responsible for the safety of themselves, the public, and others as ExxonMobil. And each one must comply with all the laws and regulations. And everyone is expected to be honest and ethical at all times. But then it goes on and even sets a higher standard. And remember what Rob talked about earlier. And again, Rob, thanks for your great comments. This is such an inspiring principle and can have such a deep impact. Well, here's the higher principle they set, this culture. Even when the law is permissive, the corporation chooses the course of highest integrity. See, that vision is clear. And this way of doing business is a powerful, inspiring vision that provides direction in the absence of supervision. Now, Mr. Tillerson shared an experience that had occurred many years before he became the CEO of his company. And this is a great story. He said, I was sent to Yemen on the heels of a civil war because the government was aggregating our contracts or taking them over and a competitor had bribed the president. So I was sent in to either sort it out or turn it over to the International Arbitration Court. And the very first meeting that he had that he described with the Yemenite administrator was late at night at his house. Uh, he described, Mr. Tillerson described, we talked a little bit and he said, well, Mr. Tillerson, I look forward to working with you and the only thing I need for you to do is to wire $20 million to this bank account. <laughs> Tillerson said that he was stunned by the bold statement which was made in 1995. He was just 43 years old at that time. And so he paused for a minute. He looked at him and he said, Excellency, I can't do that. If that's the basis on which you want to do business, then we can't do any business. And I appreciate you receiving me in your home. And then I left. Uh, Mr. Tillerson later related that on the flight home, he thought, golly, I just walked away from a $4.5 billion deal. And he had done it without consulting his bosses. And he wondered how they would respond. So when I got back to Dallas, he described and explained, I told my boss what had happened. And he said, without hesitation, fine, we're out of there. Well, three weeks later, a letter arrived from the same person who had suggested the payment, and he wanted to know whether Tillerson, when he was returning. And after consulting with his supervisors, Mr. Tillerson flew back to meet with him, curious as to how the meeting would go since he had refused to pay up. And the bribe was never mentioned again. The future CEO said that then he realized all I had to do was say no in a respectful way. Often it's as simple as that. Being respectful and saying no, I'm sorry we don't do that. Well, this was their standard. And because of a clear, inspiring, principle-based vision, Rex Tillerson didn't have to look right or left or even second-guess himself. He was able to firmly lead with a vision. Well, I love the comment by the great Wayne Gretzky, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. He said, I simply skate to where the puck is and where it's going to be, not where it has been. Well, this is the type 
a vision on the virtual playing field of life that will give us direction. I'm Steve Schallenberger. I've enjoyed, along with Rob, having this discussion on leading with a vision. It certainly makes a difference in every phase of our lives and one of the things that we consistently do as leaders. So we thank you and all of our listeners throughout the world. May you enjoy having a great time as you develop, refine, and be inspired by your vision. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.